From Miami Law, I'm Aned Uges, and this is The Explainer. The key legal issue is whether Warhol's print series infringes on the copyright of Lynn Goldsmith in her photograph, and more specifically, whether any copying of her artistic creativity is excused by the copyright law fair use doctrine. Welcome to season nine of the Miami Law Explainer, the legal affairs podcast where Miami law experts lend context and historical relevance to today's headlines. Deceased artist Prince and Andy Warhol and the photographer Barbara Goldsmith collided in a recent case before the U.S. Supreme Court. The question before the court was whether Warhol violated Goldsmith's copyright in her photograph of Prince when Warhol used the photograph as the basis for what is known as the Prince series, 16 unique silkscreen prints. On today's show, Miami Law's art law expert Stephen Urice interviews attorney Simon Frankel, a partner in the Covington and Burling law firm. Frankel wrote an amicus brief on behalf of a group of U.S. art museums and attended the October 12th oral arguments at the Supreme Court. Let's go to Stephen and Simon with the conversation. Welcome, my colleague and friend Simon Frankel, to today's discussion. Simon, let's start uh, with a basic question, which is, why did the Andy Warhol Foundation for the Visual Arts sue the photographer Lynn Goldsmith in 2017? Or perhaps put another way, what happened that brought these litigants into court? Sure. Thank you, Stephen. There's quite a history that, that led to this litigation, and it starts in the early 1980s when Lynn Goldsmith, who uh, is and was a fairly well-known photographer uh, with a lot of work photographing rock musicians, uh, did a sitting with the musical artist Prince as he was bursting into the American musical scene at the time. Uh, she took a number of photographs. And then in 1984, a short time later, Vanity Fair was running an article about Prince and his emerging fame. The article was actually called Purple Fame. Uh, and Vanity Fair asked Andy Warhol to create a silkscreen image of Prince. And Vanity Fair got a license from Lynn Goldsmith to use one of her photographs as an artist's reference, a, a tool for the for Andy Warhol to base his silkscreen on. And he created an image <clears throat> of uh, Prince, which ran in Vanity Fair in 1984. Fast forward to 2016, when Prince died, and Vanity Fair ran another article about him. And at that time, they licensed from the Andy Warhol Foundation, which had taken over all the rights to Andy Warhol's works after his death. Andy Warhol had made what is now referred to as the Prince series, a series of, of silk screens of uh, the, the, basically the same uh, image of Prince, but rendered in different colors. And this ran in um, uh, this uh, uh, image uh, sometimes referred to as the Orange Prince, ran in, in 2016 in Vanity Fair. Lynn Goldsmith saw it and thought, I didn't license that. Uh, she raised this issue with the Andy Warhol Foundation of whether they had permission to create this silkscreen that was based on her photograph, and the parties couldn't work it out, and the foundation actually sued her first 
seeking what's called a declaratory judgment, a declaration from the court that Andy Warhol's work did not infringe on Goldsmith's copyright in her photograph. And then Lynn Goldsmith brought uh, claims of her own against the foundation for copyright infringement. Okay. And can you just tell us a little bit more about the two works in question, meaning Goldsmith's original black and white photograph and Warhol's uh, Prince series? We know that Warhol did his, um, multiple series on famous people, Jack Kennedy, uh, Marilyn Monroe, Elvis Presley, even Queen Elizabeth. And the Prince series, these 16 images, um, are you know, typical of Warhol. But could you tell us a little bit more about these two works and how they line up with one another? Sure. And, and as you said, the, the Prince series is typical of, of Warhol's sort of celebrity portraits, uh, like some of the ones you mentioned. Um, the Goldsmith photograph is a full-on photograph of Prince's face, head, and his sort of upper torso. And he's uh, rendered in black and white uh, and, and with a sort of solemn, uh, introspective look, I would say. Um, and the silkscreen series that Prince created, as I said, they're in different colors, but they have taken the photograph, they have pulled out Prince's head, which just sort of sits in space, unattached, set it against a colorful background, slightly uh, changed the angle of his head, and then added various shading and colors and lines around his features uh, to sort of highlight it. And, and it, it comes across uh, with quite a different expression, a, a bit more defiant, a bit more confident in the print in the print series by by warhol good and and those differences are easily those are easily seen when you compare the images next to one another um they are but as we'll hear people differ on their reactions to the two images side by side all right um so that's the background um what is the primary legal issue in the case and, I mean, it made its way up to the Supreme Court. There must have been a legal issue here of some significance. Yes. So the, the key legal issue is whether Warhol's print series infringes on the copyright of Lynn Goldsmith in her photograph. And more specifically, whether any copying of her artistic creativity is excused by the copyright law fair use doctrine. Uh, fair use is a doctrine of American copyright law, which essentially allows for some use of the work of a pre-existing author or artist. When an artist creates a new work or comments on the earlier work or uses elements of the earlier work in some way that the law finds justified and therefore not infringing. Uh, a classic example would be a, a book review that quotes extensively from a from the book it's reviewing in order to explicate and perhaps criticize the style of the book. Uh, even if it copies many passages, even if the book review copies many passages of the book, we would never say, well, that 
would violate the copyright of the book author, we would allow that kind of criticism um, to, to go forward, notwithstanding an author's copyright. All right. So, so that uh, the Andy Warhol Foundation is saying that what Warhol did with Goldsmith's picture was not infringing on her copyright, but was a fair use of it. Is that correct? Yes. And fair use is judged by, uh, under the Copyright Act uh, by four factors. Uh, and you look at them all together. You ask, what is the purpose and character of the second author's use? What have they done? Have they changed the original? Have they used it for a different purpose? Have they created something new? Uh, you look also at the second factor, the uh, nature of the original work. How creative is the original work? You ask uh, the third factor, how much was taken of the off earlier author's creativity? And then the last factor is what is the effect of the secondary use on the, the market or potential market for the original work? Are you essentially taking away their market or are you creating a new work that has a new and different market? Uh -huh. And were any one of these factors of particular importance uh, at the Supreme Court? <laughs> Well, let me go back a step to answer that, because in the in the federal courts, the, the trial level court, the district court had originally looked at the works and at the evidence presented and held that this was a fair use, that Warhol had created something new, something different, adding his own creativity that would not uh, take away so much of the market from the Goldsmith photograph uh, that it wouldn't be a fair use and, and held it was a fair use. Lynn Goldsmith appealed that to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit in New York, and that court looked at the works and said, no, Warhol has not created something new and different. And in doing so, the court really focused on looking at the two images in isolation, comparing them side by side, and said, um, you can see that the basis, the so-called recognizable foundation of Warhol's Prince series is the photograph of Prince by Lynn Goldsmith. And the court held that was sufficient to find that, uh, the, it, the, that Warhol really hadn't created a new work that ought to be allowed as a fair use. And they also took note of the fact that Warhol had licensed, or the Warhol Foundation had licensed his series twice to Vanity Fair, as an illustration of Prince and that this would take away from the market for Goldsmith to license her works as illustrations of Prince. So the Second Circuit held not a fair use. And the Supreme Court granted review to focus on that first factor and that question of, should a court look only at the two works side by side as the Court of Appeals had done, or should it consider more about the meaning and message of the two works and how the second work might be different from the first work in a way that you would justify fair use. Terrific. Thank you. You wrote an amicus brief uh, for the Supreme Court in this case on behalf of a group of some of the largest art museums in the United States and also on behalf of the Association of Art Museum Directors, which represents about 260 of the largest art museums in North America. Uh, why, why are museums concerned about the outcome of this case at the Supreme Court? 
Yeah, so the museums, uh, as you said, submitted an amicus brief, which is a brief from a non-party offering views that those non-parties think the court should consider in deciding a case. And they, they did so in support of neither party, but they wanted the court to consider two primary points. Uh, one was that the way that the Second Circuit Court of Appeals had looked at the two works in isolation, not considering their context, not considering the artists, their history, their reception, the art world, was, was very divorced from not only how prior fair use cases had been decided, but also divorced from how art was looked at, received, evaluated in the art world for the museums. And so the museums wanted the Supreme Court to consider those issues, to consider that context uh, in evaluating the two works. The other concern that the museums had was that the focus of the uh, court proceedings up to the Supreme Court had been on the commercial licensing of the print series. Was it infringing for the Warhol Foundation to license one of the print series to Vanity Fair in 2016, for example? And what was lurking behind the case, but unresolved, was a question of, well, if the commercial licensing was infringing, were the original works by Warhol infringing? Should original works of art be treated differently from the commercialization of works of art uh, by licensing reproductions? And so the museums obviously had a concern about how original works are treated. They also had concerns about how their own publication of images as part of their museum missions was treated by copyright law. So they wanted to articulate those concerns for the Supreme Court to consider. Terrific. You attended the um, oral arguments uh, in the Supreme Court in this case. What was your takeaway from having heard the justices discussing the case among themselves and with the attorneys representing both sides? Yeah, so a few quick thoughts on that. Uh, one is... Uh, Frankly, it was sort of refreshing to hear this argument from this court because this case did not cut along the traditional political and ideological lines that we've all gotten a little accustomed to. Uh, the justices appeared to have a wide range of, of reactions to these images uh, and, um, and had very different views. Um, uh, just as an example, uh, Justice Alito's remarks suggested that he saw these two images as both portrayals of prints and basically similar in that way. Uh, but Chief Justice Roberts uh, commented that one appeared to be a photograph of prints looking pensive and Warhol's work in contrast appeared to be a commentary on celebrity and Prince's emerging status at that time. So they had very different perceptions of the two works, uh, those two justices. Um, uh, my second thought, and, and it sort of follows in some ways from the first, is I think we will see a split decision from this court. I, I doubt it will be unanimous. Uh, there seem to be some justices who, who perceived what Warhol had done in changing the appearance of Prince in the Prince series uh, as trivial variations, and others. As I mentioned, Chief Justice Roberts, who saw it as a much more significant uh, artistic contribution by Warhol. Um, 
I, I do expect, if I had to guess, that the uh, Supreme Court will articulate uh, the appropriate standard to be applied under the first fair use factor and then send the case back to the Second Circuit to apply that standard. So we may not have an ultimate answer to is the work infringing or a fair use for some years. Um, but I think ultimately, both the Supreme Court's decision and what follows from that uh, in the lower courts may have broad implications for creativity in the visual arts and what kind of borrowing uh, artists can do from earlier works as they seek to create new works. Terrific. Uh, Simon, thanks for taking time out to discuss this really interesting uh, and fantastic case with us as part of our series. Appreciate it very much. Appreciate your insights. And uh, thank you for being with us. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks for joining us for this season of The Explainer. If you enjoy our show, leave us a five-star review with your podcast provider and ask your friends to subscribe. You can always drop us a comment at explainer at miami.edu. Our show is engineered and edited by Christopher Alzadi with theme music composed by Rady Kim from the Frost School of Music. I'm your host, Annette Uguez. Today's show is brought to you by Miami Law's Joint Degree Programs. Recognizing the increasing need for specialization, Miami Law offers a wide range of options at the school and in cooperation with UM's renowned graduate schools. For more information, visit law.miami.edu. Thank you.